I love reading romance, even with my mom. Historical, paranormal, a good rom com. We both like a grump, an alpha, and a beard. But reading with my mom, well, it gets kind of weird. I'm reading steamy scenes, getting bothered and hot. But if mom is asking, I read it for the plot. We look for swoony scenes, those moments that delight. Communication's good, and the banter's so right. So if you'd like to read along and join the group, here's a little secret, I'll let you into the loop. It's just a little show that we like to dub, not your mom's romance book club. Welcome to the book club that sure is not your mom's romance book club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me as always is my mom. Hi mom, how's it going? Hello Ellen, it's going very well. Very well. There you go. Today we are chatting about This Earl of Mine by Kate Bateman. But first, Mom, what have you been reading and watching? Okay. Um, I read the next Kerrigan Byrne book of the Victorian Rebels. I read the Hun- Hi- Highlander. Highlander. You read The Hunter last week, so... Highlander this week. Okay. And um, what have we been watching? Oh, I did watch that Murdoch... Yeah, the Alec Murdoch Netflix series. Well, we watched, like, we've also been watching um, this true crime, I think maybe I talked about her last week, true crime YouTube channel. Her name's Kendall Ray, and she she does a really good job of, like, fairly, but also, like... Presenting the facts. Engaging, presenting of the facts without... I mean, she obviously expresses some amount of bias. But, Especially in this one, because, man, he's a yeah. piece of work. <laughs> but, um, so then we, and then Mom watched without me because she's a stone-cold bitch. Well, because Ellen is never around. <laughs> the Murdoch, uh, like, Netflix series. Netflix series. And there's more of it to come. I mean, it hasn't all been released. I think there's more. Yeah, I think they're going to do more for, like, the, the trial. Yeah. But, um, cautionary tale, and also... The moral of the story is, no matter how much effing money you have, your life can still be jacked up and a hot mess. And I'm perfectly happy with my very average life. <laughs> Some cases, like, worse. Because, In my average home with my average family, and also, that don't works get it, for me. This is the lesson from watching both the Murdoch trial and the John Mulaney special. Don't get addicted to opioids. Yeah. Drugs are bad. <laughs> try not. Try to avoid that if Just you can. Just say no. <laughs> Um, yeah, and then same old, same for, like, Taskmaster and... Nine out of ten cats. Eight out of ten cats. Eight out of ten cats, that's what I meant. And, um... <laughs> you think we've watched it so many damn times that you would know what And we did on. watch some more Mystery Science Theater this afternoon. Just so you guys know, even if you're not a big Mystery Science Theater person... Or if you don't know what the hell we're talking about when we say that. We, I highly recommend watching the Manos Hands of Fate episode... <laughs> Of Mystery Science Theater, because it is a classic. I know, but I feel like it, like, it's so built up in our heads because it's, like, such, like... It's part it's, of our family lexicon. Yeah, like, it's, like, part of our family lore, and, like, literally, we've, we've shown it to other people, and, like, they've, they've expressed <laughs> that it's just us sitting around and quoting <laughs> along with every line. Man, it is so, first of all, the movie's so jacked up, Yeah. but then to have those guys sit and make fun of it, it's just a delight. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty great. I, I love that show. I know it's like not everybody's jam, well, but it's so Well, here's the thing. When my husband was gone all the time, TDY, when we were in the Air Force and we lived up in Spokane, Washington, and I would, and it was on Comedy Central at the time, Yeah. and I would tape, because that's how old I am. 
I would videotape the cop at the episodes. Episodes. That's the word I wanted. Yeah. Of Mystery Science Theater, and then I would mail them to him while he was over fighting for fighting in Desert Storm. <laughs> in Desert Storm. I think the first Desert Storm. But um. Well, then we were living in Maine when that was happening. Oh yeah, we were. So it wasn't even Desert Storm, but he would. It was in Saudi Arabia. Because I had to send them. And um, and they had planes that were going over there, so I didn't have to, like, mail it. I could send it on a plane. But um, so that's why I remember it so vividly. It's when I was home alone with young children, and it was just my little escape. And even the kids would watch it, and they didn't get most of the jokes, but they thought it, the robots were funny. Yeah. And um, it was just, it's just. It's great. It Everybody is. should give it a try, because it's. It's not everyone's cup of tea, but if it is your cup of tea, you're going to love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and like I think I've expressed, it's definitely my going to sleep show because it's like perfect. I've seen most of them a bunch of times. And even if I haven't seen it a bunch of times, it's like chill and there's not a plot to follow. And it's quiet. And it's funny. There's not. It's just, it's the best. It's the best going to sleep show. It's basically like my melatonin at this point. Yeah, it but is. yeah, and that's why we put it on for our nap time. Yeah, when we come home from church on Sundays, we just put on Mystery Science Theater and and then go to sleep. Inevitably fall asleep. <laughs> um, but it is funny that I love it so much, and yet it's a show that like always makes me fall asleep. Yeah, I don't know. So. But when you're awake and watching it, it is pretty freaking hilarious. Um, I've been reading uh, fourth grade books. fourth grade books. Uh, we're doing book clubs again, so I've got my kids reading four different books. And, you know, they like to bitch and complain because I'm making them read 30 pages over the course of two nights. Um, but I just remind them, well, I'm reading all four of these books at one time with y'all. So I'm reading all four of these books. So then, it seems like you guys should be able to read. And do you tell your fourth graders that I also have to wear, read a really sexy <laughs> well, romance novel? and I novel. do tell them. And then I read my own book every week as well. They're like, well, yeah, but that, like, you read that for a long time. I'm like, no, friends. I read <laughs> one every week. A book a week. I don't want to get into it with you. And she never starts it till Saturday morning. So, <laughs> so she reads a book in a day. Yeah. Um. So... That's how I talk to my children. I don't want to get into it with you little sons of bitches, but... <laughs> no, I am at the, like, strange point of the school year, because, you know, I was telling mom I've got 22 days left. Not that I'm counting, but yes. they did just send us an email where it said 22 days left. And um, I'm at this point where I've do been doing nothing but bitching about them all year long, but they are starting to, like... I am starting to realize, like... I do actually kind of like these kids and, uh, you know, I won't miss them, <laughs> but I am, it is a little bittersweet yeah. to like, huh? they are kind of funny sometimes. This was my, my one funny, uh, comment this week that made me chuckle is we, I have these, we do spelling tests every week and I always have a bonus word. They have like this oh, on their spelling words. There's like challenge words. And then I always pick one of the challenge words to be a bonus word. So if they get it right, it's like an extra credit point. And um, the word this week was guarantee. And um, then they have to use it in a sentence. No, 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 no. Oh. I, I, when I'm reading it, I say the word is guarantee. And then I will say a sentence. 
but before I, because it's the last word, a bunch of them, like, just wrote it down and started turning it in, and one of the girls, before I could even say the sentence, she gets up to turn hers in, she's like, I guarantee, I did not spell guarantee right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, good use of the word guarantee. And by the way, it's a tricky one. (laughs) It It is a harder one. I, and literally, I think, like, only three of them got it right or something, but, um, Anyway, that's where I'm at in the school year. Also, in Summer of Ellen um, news, I am going to see Taylor Swift two times. <laughs> in the in a week. Yeah, in, a, in the course of a week, I'm going, because I'm seeing her on Saturday night, and then the next Friday after that, I'm seeing her again. So. <sighs> so there's that. So there's that. Um... And, you know, just really looking forward to it. On the the new show that I'm going to, I have floor seats. Mm, you're going to be right up there. So it'll be fun. Um, anyway, also in podcast news, we have the poll up for summer books. As I mentioned last week, because of the summer of Ellen, it's going to be less books that are chosen than usual. We're going to post um, some old episodes. But then an idea was brought up that I really like, and I think I will do it, that maybe we'll also pick some books um, that, I mean, I'm just going to tell you guys right now, we've done every single Emily Henry book that's ever come <laughs> out. So I think what we're going to do with the Emily Henry book this summer. Which is getting the most votes at this point. Which is getting at least one of the books with the most votes. Um, we're going, so this was the idea. I think it was Gail that came up with this idea, but, um, pick some books that maybe we won't talk about on the podcast, but that on On those weeks that we don't do the podcast, correct on those off weeks when I'm gone, um, we can have a chosen book that every, that I'll still post a discussion thread for, and you guys can all talk about, um, but it won't necessarily be one that we talk about on the show, but maybe we'll read the books as well. And also and when you say in. we, it's going to be me. I'm not saying it has to be you. I listen, I'm going to be on trains and planes and automobiles. I, I might read a book or two. Um, so I think that's the plan for now. I, I like that plan and we'll still also post old episodes and, um, yes. So that's what we're going to do. And I do think we're going to get Brother Dylan on. <laughs> Make him sound like a. I know. Like a monk. <laughs> uh, on an episode. Um, and yeah, it'll be fun. We'll have a good, good chill. You know, because maybe you guys need a break as well. Yeah. It is summer. Go enjoy yourself. Yeah. Okay. Um, today we are chatting about This Earl of Mine by Kate Bateman. This is the first book in her Bow Street uh, Bachelor series. It came out in 2019 and was followed by To Catch an Earl and The Princess and the Rogue. Her most recent series, Ruthless Rivals, has a novella coming out on May 19th of, so in just a couple, in like a week or so, and it is called Desert Island Duke. Um, I will also say, pay attention friends, um, that Kate Bateman was kind enough to get in touch with us, um, and offer to send us some signed copies of the book to give away to some of our lovely listeners. Um, so 
if you would like a chance to win, all you have to do is post a comment on one of our follow-up posts to this episode. So the Instagram, the Facebook, wherever you want. And um, just say, pick me, exclamation mark. Okay? <laughs> or, or... No. Pick me. That's the, that's the code word. Okay. Don't get in on my stuff. Sorry. <laughs> well... <laughs> So pick me, exclamation park, mark, and then you are free to post any other comments uh, you would like to post about the episode. Um, I will pick a winner when we receive the books. And we don't know how many we're getting? Correct. So that's why I'm not saying quite how many winners there will be. Um, But, yes, pick me, exclamation mark. Got it. And I'm not going to say anything about it on the social media. So that's the thing. That's the key is you have to have listened to the episode. Sneaky. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're not a member of the Facebook group, you better join the Facebook group. No, it's, I can, I said it can be on Instagram. Oh, yeah, the other step too. Too many Christmas. Do you listen to anything I say? (laughs) I try not to. (laughs) Most of it's pretty boring. (laughs) So if you know, you know, pick me, exclamation mark. Okay. Um. Here's the back cover description for this Earl of mine. Introducing the Bow Street Bachelors, men who work undercover for London's first official police force and the women they serve to protect dot 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 and wed. What? Question mark. Uh, Shipping heiress Georgiana Caversteed is done with men who covet her purse more than her person. Even worse than the Tom's lecherous fortune hunters, however, is the cruel cousin determined to force Georgie into marriage. If only she could find a way to be widowed, Georgie hatches a madcap scheme to wed a condemned criminal before he's set to be executed. All she has to do is find an eligible bachelor in prison to marry her and she'll be free. What could possibly go wrong? Benedict William Henry Wilde, scapegrace second son of the Earl of Moorcott and well-known rake, is in Newgate Prison undercover, working for Bow Street. Georgie doesn't realize who he is when she marries him, and she most certainly never expects to bump into her very much alive and very handsome husband of convenience at a society gathering weeks later. Soon Wilde finds himself courting his own wife, hoping to win her heart since he already has her hand. But how can this seductive rogue convince brazen, beautiful Georgie that he wants to be together until actual death do they part? Mom, what did you think of this Earl of mine? Ellen, I loved this book. Yeah. So we need to prelude this by stating that this is like exactly our cup of tea. Well, and it's exactly at the right time. This is what I, just a fun, light, frivolous, yeah, historical romp. Yeah. And listen, we're not just saying this because Kate Bateman is sending us free signed copies of it. No. <laughs> it's because of the check she's sending us to talk. <laughs> Did we not mention that? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, but st- 
straight. In fact, I didn't even like, cause I was, I wanted when she offered to send us free copies, I wanted to be like, oh my gosh, we loved it. But the honest truth is that neither of us had finished it. <laughs> so I didn't want to say anything. Um, but I have a lot of books that I start and I'm like, oh, I really like this book. And then you get to the yeah. end. It's like, uh, and then it just falls apart. So you, you hate to just say, oh, this is great. No. But um, but this one no, but I'm gonna me all the way through. I'm gonna also go with a love. Um, shout out to Teresa who put this one on the poll for spring. Um, this, like I said, is exactly like both of our cups of tea. It's historical mystery with histor with history meshed in there, well, um, and um, kind know, of shenanigans going on. Shenanigans for sure. Um. But this is sexual not, tension and not angsty. It's it's yeah. a lot of these books that are like this are usually dark and brooding and and this one is just light and fun and I told mom it reminds me of like a less angsty Maiden Lane series if anybody's read that and I think it's just because of all the like street urchin children is why it reminded <laughs> me of Maiden Lane cuz the street yeah. urchin the street urchin children play a big part in Maiden Lane. Um and I just so everyone knows, I have start I have started the second book in the series just because I enjoyed it so much. And yeah. then I wanted to see what was happening with the other boys. Yeah. Um, because you knew as soon as Alex was like, I'm not gonna get married, I'm like, Well, you are gonna be in the book second number book. Number two, <laughs> check and check. <laughs> um you should know better than that to be the friend of a romance hero and yeah. say that you never and will. Say fall you're never off. gonna get married. You're getting your own book, my friend. <laughs> Um, so yes, I like these are real people. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was how real life worked. Cause I've had, like I said, I've been 13, I've been a bridesmaid 13 times. So maybe I just like forgot to be like, when one of my friends was falling in love and getting married, I'm never getting married. I forgot to say like, Oh, I'm never, I'm never going to fall in love. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then the best man is all over that trash. My cousin, who I'm very close to, is uh, currently dating someone. Maybe I'll just be like, not for me. Uh, I did say there was a girl that was leaving church with, like, her crying, upset child. And she was like, have children, they say. Like, kind of joking around. And I, and I was like, I will say it is kind of nice sometimes <laughs> when I, you know, get to go home from church and take a nap. and Yeah, sleep all afternoon. So maybe that is, like, maybe that's my romance gateway. Yeah. That is... <laughs> Me saying, not for me. Not for me. <laughs> I don't want to get married and have kids. <laughs> da da da. Okay. <laughs> um, what did you think of Georgie as our heroine? First of all, two great Georgies in a row. Yeah. What are the odds of that? Crazy. Because it's not even that common of a name. Yeah. Um, and they're different eras. Maybe they're like, um, maybe this is like yeah. Georgie reincarnated. Yeah. It's like on a clear day. Oh, mm -hmm. Now I'm really dating myself. It's an old Barbara Streisand movie. Look it up. You are. <laughs> but um, I really liked Georgie, and I liked her pluck, and yeah. I liked her, you know what? I just want to get married and have the guy die so I don't have to worry about any of that kind of crap anymore. And um, so well, she goes to Newgate Prison and finds someone who's supposed to be, well, she wanted someone who was going to be getting killed. But um, And flying in the face of what we were just talking about, it's not like she doesn't want to eventually fall in love, but she's just like, you know what? I need to 
just get this business taken care of, you know. Well, she was maybe. trying to get away from her cousin. Yes, yes. And yes. I'm sure he's going to come up later in the questions. Yes, but, he is. Um, she was trying to get away from her cousin who was trying to create a situation where she have to marry him because he wants her money. Yeah, and so she's not, like, against marriage as an institution. And, and in fact, like, she kind of wishes that she didn't have to do this this way. But um, because she would like to fall in love and have a happy marriage. But um, her for her cousin is forcing her hand. Yes. Um, I loved having, like, a billionaire heroine for a change, especially in a historical. And I thought that was kind of... I mean, like, we've definitely had that before. But... Um, doesn't happen as often, obviously. Um, and yeah, I also just really loved her. I thought she was a lot of fun. I especially loved her once they started like solving the mysteries and stuff. And she was just kind of like a little Nancy Drew and um, <laughs> was just like super stoked. Well, on, and she like, also brought help. something to the table. Like yeah. she, they needed someone who could sail. And she's like, I can do that. You know, there's just, well, no, it was even better than that. It was Benedict was like, you know she what? She can do that. She can do that. <laughs> yeah. And um, I don't know. It was just fun to have her, like, be one of the guys. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what did you think of Benedict as our hero? I liked Benedict. And as you, you mentioned, having a billionaire uh, heroine, having a destitute hero, but he's not after her money. Yeah. Like, he, I loved how he, like, genuinely didn't care about her money, even though he could really have used it. Yeah. Um. I think he's got himself set up well enough that he would eventually be well, able to help his brother like pay he things keeps off. Well, saying about Josiah, it's like, he is able-bodied. He can do something. Go get a job. Yeah. And so, like, that's what he's doing. He's working hard for the money. And, you know, he's never one to, like, turn the money down. Because he's but... literally working, like, two or three jobs. And... Yeah. Um, But I love that, like, when push came to shove with if he would take her money, he's like... No, that's not. Yeah, like, and especially once they started having sex, he's like, he gives her all her money back, and he's like, yeah. I'm not going to pay you if we're sleeping yeah. together. Um, yeah, I really loved him. Um, spoiler alert, also tied to that, I also really loved that it was like never stated on the page that she like financially saved him. It was more just like they had a conversation where she was just decided like, what's mine is yours. Where she tears up the prenup. Yeah, essentially. And, like, it's not said, like, she never says, like, let's go save your family home. But it's kind of implied, right? That I don't even know, though, that he's the kind of person who would even use her money for that. Yeah. Or if he does, he wouldn't use much of it. Like, he wouldn't go crazy with it. I could see him, like, um, using some of her money to, like, maybe start in on some investments. Yeah. And or maybe to pay off his father's debt, but not necessarily to help fix up the house or vice versa or yeah. whatever. But, um, you know, like taking care of the most important things first. Yeah. But, yeah, I don't think he would take advantage of her, at least in my mind, because he's amazing. He wouldn't take advantage of the fact that she's... Well, I just like that that, that conversation never even happens, right? Yeah. Because I think a lot of other books might have done that, where it's just like... And I'm going to give you to all wrap, the money that you need to need take to wrap care. wrap everything up in a nice little bow. Yeah. And it's more just like... Maybe in the next books it'll... Yeah. I don't know. But um, I thought that was nice. And um, I've also decided after reading this book and others like it, I've... A trope that 
I really love, but I don't know if there's like quite a name for it. Although I guess it would kind of fall under like kind of wallflower, but a dual POV where one of them is thinking, wow, I guess he's just really not that into me. And then you flip to the other POV and it's just that person like thirsting like, <laughs> hardcore for them. Um, because that happens a lot in this book and I loved every second of it. <laughs> well, and so much of it is he's just play acting because we're pretending and da, 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 and then the next one. Yeah, she's like, oh, I guess he like doesn't notice that I'm wearing this like really saucy dress. Like, oh, well, whatever. And then it flips to him. And he's just like, I have oh, to tear that, that dress, dress off her body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. I like all of that. And um, yeah, I don't know if there's quite a name for that, but it's definitely a thing. That and the thing in, in this book that I noticed because usually when we <laughs> read these books, it's the guy that's like, oh, she's mine. And in this book, it's Georgie that's like, oh. That is my husband. He's, Bitches better he's step mine. up. <laughs> but she even, like, when they're having sex or doing making out or something, she's like, mine. And she's got that <laughs> that caveman yeah. mind well, thing possessive and thing. I told mom, like when I was reading it, um, I'm like, I really appreciate because obviously we're used to like the man thirsting and that's definitely happening. Like I just said in this book, but I also just loved how, um, she thirsts for yeah. him and his body like hardcore because I was telling mom it was right. She came in right when I was reading the scene where, um, Simeon is standing like down outside their window, like looking longingly <laughs> up at, at um, Juliet when she's gotten the bee sting. And uh, Georgie's like comparing Simeon and uh, Benedict. And she's just like, now that is a boy. And this is a straight up man. Like, <laughs> she's just like, yeah, he is. he's got the five o'clock shadow. He's got them forearms. He's got broad, broad shoulders. <laughs> she's, oh. just like, she's like, I want that. And I was like, I get that. <laughs> um, so I just really, I loved all of, I loved all of that. Um, so somebody come up with a trope for what that is. Guess he doesn't like me. Oh, Oh, well, he does. Oh, but he does. We're reading his POV. <laughs> Trust me, sister. I guess that's just romance. That's just like in every romance probably, but... Well, every dual POV romance. I I, I, I love it. But I it really it. stood out in this one. Yeah, least. it did. Um, okay, let's talk about the initial premise of finding a groom in Newgate Prison. I mean... I think that's one of the things that, I mean, roped me in almost immediately to the story is like, yeah, it's a, I get it. I get what she's doing. It's a I, great hook. Yeah. I, I get what she's doing. She doesn't want to have to marry her cousin who is really, you know, working things so that he can get her to the altar. And she doesn't want that to happen. So in order to do that, she has to marry someone. It make, It endears you really like straight away to Georgie because it's like... Yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah. a pretty, like, crafty way to, like, sneak around Regency England marriage. Yeah. And then, she's, and then she would be a widow. And she wouldn't have to... Then she could live all her life as a widow, which is completely different than living your life as a debutante. Yeah. And... Um, better. I.e. better. Yes. And uh, so, you know, she thinks, how can I marry someone who's going to die right away? 
<laughs> oh, I'll go to prison and marry someone because she just has to have a marriage license. I had a hard time believing that they did not have more people that, I mean, weren't they just killing, executing people left, right, and center <laughs> during that time? Seems like it. Yeah. But, um, uh, whatever. It, yeah, it worked out and it worked out. You know, you knew as soon as she married him that it was going to be... Well, obviously. You know, someone... Well, obviously, we wouldn't have a book. <laughs> but, um, you know, the whole thing turned out to be such a fun premise for the story. Yeah. I, I guess um, one of the listeners pointed out that it is... The whole Newgate prison thing is seems like it might be a callback to um, an old school Kathleen Woodlit, Woodwist that I haven't read. Um, but reading the the description for that one, it seems like it's a lot, like, more of an angsty version of this. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I thought, I thought it was great. I was like, how have I never read this historical before? Because I've read a lot of freaking historicals. Yeah. So, um, I really liked it. And even when I, I didn't know, I, I hadn't read the back cover description for this one when I started it. So, um, I was like, okay, who, like, obviously she's going to marry somebody in this prison that is going to end up being our hero. I was like, so how is it going to be? How is that going to work out? And so the fact that he was like a spy undercover, I was like, ooh, good one. That's a good, <laughs> that works really well. Because then he doesn't have, he ha- doesn't have to be like falsely accused or anything like that. It, it, yeah. And I love that even when he was like dirty and scruffy and like disgusting, she was still just like. I like the cut of this guy's jaw, <laughs> and I like the cut of his jaw, and I like the <laughs> cut look of his, his shoulder. Like, yeah, and I like the look in his eye. Yeah, so she, yeah, and then he kissed her, and she just really had memories of that yeah. kiss. But I still think he probably must have smelled disgusting. Oh, it, yeah, or just cool. disgusting. I mean, anyway. he was literally just like face to face with a dead person. So yeah, it's gross. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I really loved the premise, and I thought it was a great hook for a book because I was like in. And then, and you can just picture her in this ballroom thinking that this guy that she married has been shipped to Australia or wherever. And um, then she sees him. She's like, oh, crap, that's my husband. <laughs> but like, oh, crap, that's my husband. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then um, she's just like, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I loved how he just went along with it because it's yeah. just like... And I just loved when he would say, well, Mrs. Wild. You know, yeah. <laughs> he'd call her Mrs. Wild. And she's just like, ah. Uh. Yeah, that was cute. Um, okay, let's talk about power imbalances. I thought in this book it was nice and historical to have the girl be the rich one because he w- already has being a man in this time over her. Yes. So it was a nice kind of like, even though she had a lot of money and that gave her a lot of power, it's like at the end of the day, she's still a woman in this true. I mean, that was the whole era. point is that she didn't want to marry someone and have to give away all of her money. Yeah. Or give someone else control of her money and her business. Which I was trying to explain. We were talking about, um, I was talking, there was like a lesson in, in our social studies curriculum about women in early California. And I was trying to explain to the kids, like, women had it really hard. Like, we couldn't, like, the only option that they had was to marry a man that would support them. They weren't allowed to own property. They weren't allowed to vote. They weren't allowed to have their own money in some instances. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm literally telling you right now. Like, they couldn't do any of that. And they're like, 
that doesn't seem fair. I'm like, correct. Thank you for acknowledging. I'm like, and this was not that long ago in the grand scheme of things, friends. Well, the, um, the Wild West, I think, was a little better than just Well, because... that's what the curriculum was talking about, is that a lot of women came to California because because it was un, un, an unlawful place. Yeah, so that... they could get away with stuff. Yeah, that, that they, they were couldn't get away with in Boston. They were like allowed to own businesses and stuff here that they weren't able to do. Yeah. Anyway, um, but yeah, trying to get children to understand the injustices of women be treated inequ- bad inequality for women. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And then they were like, "Well, I mean, that's still kind of the case, right? Like, women can just marry men." I'm like, "Friend, you are missing the point." <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, so I thought that that was really nice, and like we said, I liked that while it is, and I think this is, would be the case, is you would question, okay, is he in it? And, you know, there's things that Josiah says to her that kind of make her question for a second, like, is he just, like, using me for the money? To get my money being nice to me because of um, But then... Like, he just always comes back with, like, some sort of action or words that make it clear, like... And almost immediately. I mean, almost, like... Yeah, it's never, like, a sticking point for them. It's never, like... It's not the conflict of the book. I mean, you can see where she would be... Insecure. Insecure about it, but then, like... Because he says that during a key part, and then he... Where he's, like, been... He's taken her, actually, and... um. Then as soon as Bennett gets there and is saving her, she's like, no, he... What was I thinking? He, he, I think he's got it for me. Yeah. I mean, by then she's starting to... Both of them are. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I really liked that. I really liked that. Like I said, it was never a thing, really. It's like a thing that, you know, she worries about in certain moments, but it's always kind of tossed aside pretty quickly and easily. Um, like, that is not the main thrust of any conflict that they have. In fact, they don't they really don't have, have all that much interpersonal no, conflict. It's mostly um, external, external yeah. conflict. Um, okay, so now on to some of the mini plots. I will say that if I did have a nitpick with this book, it does feel like we have kind of two different books here. Um, like, one with Josiah, and then when the Josiah plot was, like, wrapping up, I'm like, wait, I still have, like, 40% of this book left. (laughs) Like, what else is gonna happen? I was like, oh, I guess, like, they still have the submarine plot, um, and all of that stuff. Um, so what did you make of, kind of, both of those plots? Both of the plots. Yeah. Well, the Josiah plot just... So you guys know, her cousin Josiah really wanted to marry her. And then when he found out that her marriage well, was... And she, he's the reason that she goes to prison and is like, I just got to get a husband quick so that so, this guy can get off my case. Yeah. And um, so he finds out that she's been lying about stuff because... Anyway. And so he kidnaps her and he um, is going to kill Benedict because he knows Benedict will come to save her. And... Um, then he wants to be able to get at her. And then he's going to take her out to Gretna Green and, and marry, make her marry. Yeah. So, um, but of course, because Benedict. And is, he keeps like threatening to rape her. And I feel like in an angstier book, he might have started more than he did so in this book. But, um, you know, thankfully that yeah. never comes to fruition. It never happened. Yeah. Um, 
he was a little handsy with her at times. Yes. But, and um, rough. Yes. And, like, knocks her out. But, no, I liked that that's kind of the catalyst for them, like, figuring out, oh, I nearly died, but I need to tell him that I love him because I would yeah. be sad if... And I also like, I feel like if this book were written um, five years ago even, <laughs> that as we've seen in some of the historicals that we've read that were written five years ago, um, that it might have been more of an instance of him always coming to her rescue with the Josiah stuff. But there's enough moments with Josiah where she gets to, like, stand her ground and make her voice and not just have him. Like, he does come and, like, save her from that in that one scene. But even then she gets to be the one to be like, I'm not going to send you to prison. I'm going to send you away across the ocean. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> like don't come back and you know, Godspeed. Yeah. Go away. Um, and, and they also have that moment where I think it's in, it's at Valhall, right? Where he runs into her and gets grabby. Yeah. And she takes care of, all of it before um, he even gets there. And, you then know, he kind of gets there and... And he's like, oh, you've already taken care of this. And she's like, yeah, I knifed him a little bit. <laughs> Kicked him in the balls a little bit. <laughs> That's been hard to kick someone in the balls when you had all those skirts and things on. I have a feeling that wasn't I mean, the, the best... Probably not, but... ...thing to do. Depends on... I mean, there are eras of fashion where the skirts were a little bit more restrictive to the legs yeah. than others. Well, and then, you know, if you're in the hoop skirts and or just all the petticoats and things, it just seems like it would yeah, be... Yeah, they a... weren't hoop skirts yet, so... But it just seems like it I would... I don't know. If, did England ever do the hoop skirts or was that just an American thing? I have a feeling they did it in England as well. I think it was later, though. I think it was more... Victorian. Victorian. And this is like 18... 18- I've worn a hoop skirt. 16, 18, I had a, 17. my aunt is really into like reenactment stuff. And so she had a hoop skirt that I wore for like a dress up day or like Halloween or something. And I wore it to school. That thing was a bitch to get around yeah. in. Cause it was just like, and then when I would sit down in a desk, like a middle school desk, it would just be like, I don't know what to do with this thing. It's all over the place. Well, I know like Tennyson. His wife died because her skirt caught on fire by the fireplace. Jeez. Yeah. So. And she probably didn't even feel it for like. Yeah. Forever. Until <laughs> she was ablaze. <laughs> but um, so I have a feeling that was like a common problem because they had to use fireplaces for heat. And they were so unruly. A lot of that going on. And then they had these ginormous skirts on. Yeah. Um, I. Back to the book. I also really <laughs> loved with with the submarine plot. Um, I loved the, like, mystery-solving duo yeah. that they became. It kind of... I've never even watched that show, but the heart and heart. Yeah. Well, they even said, we should open a detective agency. Yeah. I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be here for that. Um, and... Wild and wild. Yeah. Uh, so I liked all of that stuff. I was kind of like... And I think part of it, and I think this is where I get back to my nitpick, I think part of... Mm, maybe my lack of interest in the submarine plot is it's like, okay, we, we've already taken care of Josiah and now we are like firmly announcing, we've firmly told each other that we love each other. And then, and then we've got this whole other plot to still take care of. So it, 
I felt like a slightly more checked out during the submarine part, but I was still like it was still fun and it was it still had enough there to keep well, and me I, interested. It was the whole thing of him stepping in front of a bullet for her, so that was a good thing, and um, I mean n- not a good thing, but yeah, it made her realize that oh, I love him so, yeah, and um. It made him realize that he loved her, and then he gets down on his knees. So it's the catalyst to him proposing yeah. again and, you know, all that. So let's talk about something else that it is the catalyst for, and let's talk about sex, baby. Oh. Um, does anybody else, like, want to have a spicy moment in an early model submarine now? <laughs> or is that just me? <laughs> that was pretty... <laughs> And I love the whole idea of trying to be super quiet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's like what amped up the yeah the moment is that they could have been caught at any moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was uh, that was pretty spicy. And then they, I mean, that's not even. I mean, that's that's the that's a little fingering. That's the fingering <laughs> scene. Uh, there wasn't sex in true historical fashion. Well, yeah. she was a virgin. He didn't want her first time to be in a. Freaking stolen, <laughs> stolen submarine. Um, so then they have their their actual penetration. What? First, first moment where she gets, you know, and I honestly, I was like, yeah, girl, you're married. Go freaking get that taken care of. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't don't hesitate on that. It's yeah. Like, there's nothing wrong with it now. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, it has like pretty, yeah, saucy moments. But not over the top. No. Um, but it, it was it was nice to read some uh, yeah, steamy moments. And I do love how he just is suffering every time she's nearby. And he's just like, ah. Yeah. He's really struggling. That's what I'm talking about. The <laughs> thirst between these two was real. For sure. I don't think it was real. But it was. <laughs> it was written like it was real. There you go. I'll, um, I'll take that one. Uh, I kind of, do we, we kind of already mentioned, but there's not really any real conflict. Do we have any other conflict that we need? That's why I just dive straight into the sexy time. Yeah. No, there's not really. Um, what was your swooniest moment? My sw- I, I, I thought about this, Ellen, and I pondered. And then you didn't remember. Well. What it was. It's hard for me to narrow down. I loved all the scenes where he just, like I said, he's just like incorporating her in there, solving this little mystery. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved that. I loved his um, his faith in her competency. Yes. That makes sense. And his, like, attraction to her competence. Yes, yeah. And that she's not just... And he even says, I love that you're not, like, going to faint and you're not going to... I love that you're, like, tough and, and not just... Because her sister is more swoony. And, well, and I... And I love, too, in that same vein, everybody's like, but the sister's, like, the real beauty and the real prize to win. And he's like, meh. Yeah. I mean, like, I get, I see it, but, like, not for me. What did he, he described her as, like, a washed out version of, yeah. of Georgie. Yeah. And, I mean, I could see that because Georgie, so much of her fire comes out in her, like, her personality is so much more dynamic than yeah. Juliet's. Juliet's kind of a milksop. Yeah. She's better off with Simeon. Yeah. Um, the whole Sim. <laughs> I will say, like, I was kind of, I was curious about the Julia and Simeon thing just to see if, um, if, like, they were going to follow through, if that's who she was going to end up with. 
And um, to see if maybe she was going to be with one of the guys. Well, I well, I wasn't sure about. I, I thought maybe that was a possibility. But then when she met the guy and like it was very nothing happened. I was like, oh, okay, probably not. Um, but I wasn't sure if somewhere along the line she was going to be like, yeah, this guy is kind of lame. <laughs> well, but, um, I loved when he was reading all that poetry and it was awful. <laughs> and and, and Benedict is just like, oh man, this is torturous. <laughs> But Juliet is just like, oh. That's what I was going to say is the Juliet and Simeon stuff was like pretty funny. It it gave, (laughs) you got some funny moments out of, out of all that. Um, And I do like that they were running away and she's like, but I stopped running away to make sure that you're okay. (laughs) I did like that. Um, So my funniest moment, I wrote down a quote. Okay. Just because when this was said, I was like, damn. Yeah. When he says, let's make one thing perfectly clear. I'm going to sleep with you for no other reason than because I am dying to do so. Oh. And I was oh. like, oh, damn. <laughs> that's when he gave the money yeah, back that's to her. When, that's when she was trying to give him money and she's like, I know that you need it. And he was like, take your money. And that's when he says that. And I'm like, mm, mm, yeah. yeah. Girl, get that in you. Yeah. <laughs> do that straight away. Um, so that was my swinniest moment. Um... Okay, so those are our thoughts. Now let's hear from some of you on what you guys think. Cassie says, I really enjoyed this one. I thought that Georgie and Ben were both interesting characters and they made a well-matched pair. The story was interesting and the pacing was perfect for me. I'll definitely continue on in this series. Agree on the pacing. I don't know if it was just because it was like a tight 300 and... Well, there was always something going on. Yeah. And I love... (laughs) This is just me because I have to bust through these books. I love short chapters yeah. because it just makes the story feel like it's just... Keeps, keeps you moving. Yeah. Makes you feel it. Cause, and then, you know, there's always kind of a little, not cliffhanger, but it always leaves you wanting to read the next chapter. But, um, you know, those short chapters, it just makes you feel like you're busting through the story faster. Yeah. Ashley says, I really liked this one. The premise was unique. I loved the banter between Georgie and Benedict and thought they had great sexual tension. Agreed. I could have cared less about the submarine plot, but overall, I had a lot of fun reading this. I know you always talk about the swooniest moments, but I need to take a minute to shout out the scene where they listen to Simon or Simeon. Is that... Were we saying Simeon? Okay. Write S-I-M-E-O-N, right? Yeah. Simeon. Write a poem about Juliet's bee sting for its humor. The line, I've yet to encounter a poem that wasn't immeasurably improved by the inclusion of a chicken, still has me laughing. Between last week and this week, I'm beginning to think I really like heroine's name to Georgie. Same, actually. Um, Tiernan says, I really liked this book. The writing was well-paced, and I thought Georgie and Ben had great chemistry. This book, I believe, was based on the 1970s classic romance Shanna by Kathleen Woodowis. Um, not familiar, but I did look up the back cover description and uh, it definitely is a marriage in Newgate Prison that... It's a good thing marriages in prisons epic. don't happen anymore. Yeah, good thing that doesn't happen. <laughs> Gosh, I swear. There's some weirdo women out there, some I'll tell you what. Weirdo women. Because we watch a lot of true crime, as you guys know. Yeah. And there's way too many of these guys that end up marrying some... And gross, disgusting human beings that end up getting married in prison. My favorite, and I think I've talked about this before, is um, there's a, uh, a documentary on Netflix about the Night Stalker. Wow. Richard Ramirez, I think yes. was his name. And they're, they're interviewing, like, this... Throughout the series, they're interviewing this, like, lady who was just living in L.A. at the time, but she's, like, quite the character. And so, like, her 
commentary is great, but they're talking about all these, like, groupies that started following Richard Ramirez at the time. And, um, like, coming to the trial just so that they could, like, show their shirts with his face on them and all this stuff. And they flipped to her and she's like, bunch of crazy bitches. <laughs> and I was like, yes. Yes, they <laughs> are. Sing it, sister. <laughs> it's, it's like, one of the better true crime <laughs> moments ever. I It always sticks with me. Um, Anna says, this was a really, really like for me. I liked that Georgie was rich rather than the typical down on her luck heroine having to chase after the wealthy hero with the coveted title. Agreed. With keen business sense, although I'm not sure how realistic this would have been in the early 1800s. Probably, but we've overlooked that before. Yes. And And that they married early and were working together to make the best of their respective predicaments. It did add an interesting... Yeah you know, shake up. It was an enjoyable story, but didn't seem to have any super funny or particularly memorable moments for me. No precious angel muffin moments like in the Duchess deal. I do remember that. (laughs) I wasn't sure what to make of the sister in sister in love with the flighty poet side plot, but I did get an occasional chuckle out of it. I liked that Georgie handled Josiah rather than Benedict beating him up or something, but I was worried he'd catch the next boat back to London to continue to torment her. We've had that before too. We have had that before. Shipped them off, and, and so they were when gone. he left so early, I was like, "Oh, he must come back." Like I thought that that was going to be a thing, but it ended up not being a thing. Um, Jen says, "I thought this book was a delight." There you go. I as did as well. George, Georgiana's plan to marry a death row inmate so she would become an instant widow was so clever and made me love her. I thought Ben was a great match for her and I enjoyed them working on cases together. It was sweet when Georgie could use her business acumen and shipping knowledge in front of Ben and he wasn't intimidated by it. He loved it. Was anyone else confused by the title of this book? Mom has a lot to say about this. This Earl of Mine. I was expecting Ben's brother, the Earl, to die. Then at the very end of the book, we see where that title came from. I will definitely keep reading this series. Yeah. So in this book, it wasn't really an epilogue, but in the last chapter, it's not an epilogue baby. It's an epilogue earldom. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and it kind of, I think we've talked about this theory before, but I have a theory that there's some publisher that's telling historical authors that they need to have Duke Earl, just not Baron, not Baron, Duke Earl Marquis, um, Viscount. You have to have one of those words in the title of your book, and so Barons I are all evil. Correct, they're always bad. <laughs> so I almost wonder if Kate Bateman had this book written. And then they were like, oh, you don't have Earl anywhere in the title. There needs to be a nobility somewhere. There has to be some sort of... And she's like, well, it's just a... He's a second son. That's like a big point part of the book is that he's a second son and he has no money. Because now there's two Earls in the same family. Yeah. So now... So I'm wondering if she wrote this whole book and then they're like, you have to put an Earl in there. She's like, okay, screw it. He'll become an Earl at the end. (laughs) Yeah. The the king's just going to be... He earns an Earldom. uh, You're an Earl. You're an Earl. Everyone's an Earl. (laughs) (laughs) He's the Oprah. <laughs> yeah. The Prince Regent was the Oprah. <laughs> I don't think he was. <laughs> I, I get the feeling that he wasn't as well. Um, but yeah, that we've, I know I've mentioned that theory before and this furthers my conspiracy yeah. theory about 
the historical romance. You should ask Kate now that you're best buddies. <laughs> but um, settled. But it was it was fine. I just was I was worried too that the brother was going to die. It's like I don't want that to happen. But like we hadn't seen hide nor hair of I know, him, and so I was like, well, and I thought so maybe weird. that was one of the reasons we hadn't. So then if he dies, we're not really attached to him. It wouldn't yeah. be a big sadness. But um, I did when we got far enough in the book and nothing had happened with the brother i was like okay i think if anything it's gonna be that he gains an earldom yeah. from his work with well or, or i thought it would just be like something like you're like an earl to me or something you know so it was i don't know i'm glad that line was not in the book cause that was <laughs> i know horrible. but I, he wasn't an earl and the title of the book is this earl of mine i was just trying to think of ways that could that could happen uh, you're like an earl to me. <laughs> you're like an earl. <laughs> not a duke. Not a prince. You know, a little lower. Just an Just earl. earl of mine. <laughs> oh, my sweet earl. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> this is why I don't write romance novels. I just read them. Um, Ruthie says, I liked it. I liked Benedict and the opening scene and the premise. And I also understand why Georgie had to be insecure about his love so that there could be a plot point where he decla declares his love regardless of her money. Something just didn't pull me in and I found myself skimming after the prison scene. I wish Georgie hadn't been pining after him so much and there had been more of a slow burn for her. She had waited so long to find someone who didn't care about her fortune, yet she kind of fell fast for Benedict. Maybe it was just that he signed the paper. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that yeah, probably did that take some pressure off. <laughs> I enjoyed the role reversal of the classic trope and making myself switch the roles in my mind. Apparently, I've got a little prejudice myself in accepting a poor hero in my historicals. And I love that she ultimately got the love she deserved. She was awesome in that she ran a business and was skilled. That that will make it memorable. Otherwise, the plot didn't have enough will-they-won't-they they for me. Um, I mean, I can see that. Because there, it's like we said, there's not a whole bunch of internal conflict. It's more external conflict. And so they never have any moments. And I think that's why, you know, they don't have any communication problems. It's a lot of... Um, because it's always pretty clear that they are going to be yeah, in love and not have any problems. Well, that's pretty clear. But even with, you know, I guess there's a little internal conflict in that neither one of them is really sure where the other one stands for a long time. Yeah. But that's pretty common in any of these yeah. fake dating books. Yeah. Fake relationship books. Yeah. Marriage of Convenience is this one. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Ian says, I thought this was fun and cute, but there wasn't enough here to really set it apart from all other, all the other Regency romances. Most elements of this book were above average, not bad, but also not exceptional. The writing prose was good, but lacked elegance and subtlety. I think the author was a bit heavy handed with her use of the narrator. Uh, that didn't stand out to me too much, but I guess I can see your point. The main characters had some chemistry, but the tension was muted by how well-suited they were almost from the very beginning. The notion that they would ever separate was unconvincing. The steamy scenes were a strong point. Historical heroes don't usually have this level of dirty talk. You and I have read different historicals then, Ian. Um... <laughs> Uh, and I appreciated the way these two seemed happy to make things happen no matter the location. Uh, yeah, that's very true. They're like, <laughs> desk, cool. Um, <laughs> Kitchen table, on it. Submarine, 
Do it. <laughs> Get in there. Well, uh, it, was it in this book that they had the conversation about how nautical terms all sounded yes, dirty? Like the bilge pump. <laughs> yeah. Um, unfortunately, Ian continues, the last scene after the submarine rescue gave me the ick. I think Kate Bateman tried to gloss over it, but at the front of my mind was the fact that at the time the Thames was London's main sewer. Yeah. Gross. Well, they do talk about how that work, and she even says that water's disgusting, and you just swam in it. So we need to make sure this. Yeah. Be protected. Um, the Bow Street plot was a bit too easy, and cousin Josiah was a two-dimensional villain. Yeah, he's a mustache trolley villain, is how how we would call him. I read a lot of Regency romances, and I couldn't help the feeling that the hero saves the heroine from attempted kidnapping and younger sister elopes are plot elements that are very played out. The latter appeared in one of our books from earlier this year. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> still, the pacing was good. The main couple were a good fit. And overall, it was an easy, enjoyable three-star read. Well, I think that's easy and enjoyable is what brought me around to a love. Is it's just, it was just a fun little romp. Yes. Regency romp. Regency romp. Um... But yes, I see your points. But, you know, if if we judged books on Hero Saves Heroine from Attempted Kidnapping and Younger Sister Elopes, like... We wouldn't like any of them. We wouldn't like any of these <laughs> struggles. I mean, they're tropes for a reason. Um, but, uh, well said, Ian. Well said. As always, <laughs> Ian. Well said. Uh, Angela says, I liked the role reversal in this book where Georgie is the billionaire and Ben is essentially the kept woman. I liked how they both got involved in solving the case of the plot to rescue Napoleon from exile and how this made Georgie's business and ship knowledge relevant to the story. I love that Kate Bateman managed to work this real piece of history into the book. Um, and she quotes... In 1800, Fulton had been commissioned by Napoleon Bonaparte, leader of France, to attempt a design to whoop, uh, to attempt to design a submarine. So real fact. But I do have two gripes. I didn't like that Georgie is supposed to be intelligent and street smart, yet she only knows about sex from horse reproduction. And I didn't like that Juliet's fiance Simeon conveniently inherits a five thousand pound per year <laughs> gold mine. That's a bit over the top. I did like though how. When he finally, he's just like, oh, um, yeah, it's like 5000 a year. The mom's like, oh. Okay. And he's like, I think. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. Like, like, it means nothing yeah. to him. <laughs> um, lastly, did anyone else catch that comment from the Prince of Wales when he's making Ben, Alex, and Seb into earls? I'm fairly sure this is supposed to be uh, George the Fourth referring to his insane father, George the Third, Crazy dude. They made a movie about him. They, yeah. he's. I mean, he's the, he's the George in... Uh, Charlotte and Queen Charlotte, right? Yes. Hypothetically. Well, he's the George that goes crazy. Like I know, but after the American Revolution, Queen Charlotte, which came out this weekend, which we haven't watched yet, which we haven't watched yet. Um, but that is about Charlotte, who's married to yes, the Madness of King George, right? Yeah. Um. Yes, and she's referring to the movie, The Madness of King George. Um. Which I've never seen, but... I never have either. Um, I have heard of it. Um, so, yeah, good. Uh, that's why I was saying we li- we like the history inter- interplay as well. Yes. Um, I also... So, the city where we live, 
all the major streets are named after inventors. Yes. And so we have a Fulton Avenue. We do. And we have like a Marconi and a Howe well, and a... Robert Fulton invented the steam... Steamboat. The steam, steam engine. Steamboat. Steam Not yeah. steam engine, but the steamboat. Yeah. Okay. Um, and apparently was designing a, a submarine. submarine for Napoleon. I did know that they had like submarines during like the Civil War and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, they weren't... You know, like Hunt for Red October submarines, but <laughs> I figured that's a, I see the problem with the submarine talk. The only problem I had was I just watched a really grisly true crime about we oh, did somebody murdering somebody in a submarine, and so that was well, we somewhat... just read a book where someone had sex and like, <laughs> so sex. they got fingered. In the <laughs> so that was somewhat killing the vibe, but you know, I got I got in there eventually. Um. So, Gail, she says, well, I'm not going to finish this on time, most, mostly because I had a family weekend and didn't get my Saturday reading time. I know that feeling. <laughs> we, we have Very to well. plan our weeks around yeah, get, having time to read on Saturday. Um, but I am really liking this book. I've been in a bit of a historical romance slump, but I really like this one. Love me, an arranged marriage sort of trope. I guess this is really more of a fake dating trope, but I'm I'm loving seeing how that will work when the characters are already married. LOL. <laughs> yeah. I love the instant... Chem- yeah, it's got like marriage of convenience and fake dating rolled yeah. into one. I love the instant chemistry between Ben and Georgie and the fact that both of them are competent working adults. Uh, looking forward to finishing the book this week and hearing what you all thought. Yeah, I just just thought it was a fun read. Yep. Um, and finally, Karen says, I really liked this one. I have a habit of reading historicals and going, wow, this one was so bonkers. And I'm realizing that they are mostly all kind of bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Which I think I like. The premise of this one was interesting. And I thought the author did a nice job managing the tension of Georgie wanting to be in on the action and Ben wanting to protect her slash having reservations about what a woman could be capable of. The overprotective man underestimating the competent woman is such a common trope, especially in a historical romance, that can so easily make me crazy and hate the hero. Um, I agree, and I think it's handled well here, because, like, he gets nervous, but then she always proves herself, and he's always like, wow, she is an awesome kick-ass woman, and I want to bang her. And And, and she's got pants on, and and it's making my cock hard. (laughs) I did like that part where he's walking with Alex. Is it Alex? Alex, I think. And he's like, stop looking at my, he's like, at my wife's... If you look at her ass one more time, <laughs> we're going to have a problem. He's like, well, it's a nice ass. And he's like, yeah, I know, but it's mine. <laughs> so, eyes off. <laughs> yeah, I liked all of that. Um, Mom, any final thoughts? No, it was just... I think, because I, I always go into these not even, because I never read a back cover description. I never read any I comments that anybody time. makes. And I um, I just went into it, you know, just thinking it was going to be a regular old historical romance. And it, I was delighted. Yeah. By and it ha- was. It was a regular old historical romance. But guess what? We love a regular yeah, old historical romance. It was romance. just fun and light and just enjoyable. Yeah. Um, it's literally what mom cut her teeth on. Yes, so, it is. Um, we, we, yeah, we loved it. And mom, you'll have to report back on how you like the other books. Well, I already, cause 
Here's Alex's big war wound is that he's partially blind in one eye. And I'm like, oh, oh poor Alex. Because <laughs> he's always talking about what a detriment that is. It's like, listen, I've been blind in my right eye since birth. And um, I'm fine. So Life is fine. So you're not listening to his sad I, I violin music? I don't need to listen to him whining about it. <laughs> um Okay, and also don't forget if you would like uh, a chance to win a signed copy of this book, This Earl of Mine by Kate Bateman, then don't forget to chime in on the comments on any of the follow-up posts to this episode and write, pick me, exclamation mark. Pick me. Pick me. Exclamation mark. If there's not an exclamation point, you're out. <laughs> if you put more, that's fine. If you put more than exc one exclamation mark, that's fine. But, and if you make more of a comment, that's encouraged. Yes, but I don't want to discourage anybody from chiming in on any other thoughts they have on the episode. If you have thoughts on how much I bring up true crime cases, that's fine. If you we won't if you say that I do it too much, anything. it's not going to change anything. <laughs> but that's fine. You can be entitled it's to a that big opinion. Part of our lives, my friends. <laughs> um. Okay, so those are our thoughts and some of your thoughts on This Earl of Mine by Kate Bateman. We would love to hear more from you on our Facebook page, our Facebook group, which is Not Your Mom's Facebook group, our Goodreads group, our Twitter and our Instagram, which are both at Not Your Mom's Rom, or you can email us at notyourmomsromancebookclub at gmail.com. So if you want to read along with us and email us with your thoughts, or if you would like to suggest a book for us to read, we would love to hear from you. Next week on May 15th, we'll be chatting about X's and O's by Amy Leah. Uh, remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever your favorite podcasts are sold for free. Don't forget to leave a review because it helps the show, and we just honestly love to read them. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts.